0: Hey everyone, this is Ken from Neon Goldfish. In this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast, Justin and I discuss the differences between inbound marketing and outbound marketing, or more commonly known as traditional marketing. Inbound marketing is a newer term that's gained tremendous popularity in the marketing world over the past several years, and we don't see a slowdown in sight. Understanding inbound marketing is easiest done when compared to outbound or traditional marketing. Outbound marketing is TV, radio, billboards, print ads... pesky cold callers. These mediums, they try to interrupt our day by shouting as loud as they possibly can to cut through the noise and grab our attention as consumers. Inbound marketing is the opposite. It's attraction marketing that focuses on the creation and distribution of exceptional content to help the consumer through the buying process. We hope our conversation gives you a solid understanding of what inbound marketing is so you can begin exploring if it might be a good fit for your business. Enjoy.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Justin and Ken with The End Noise. Ken, how are you doing today? Are you ready to talk marketing? Yeah, absolutely, Justin. Always ready to talk marketing. Awesome. So let's jump into this. There's a somewhat of a newer term in the marketing world that's been creating a little bit of buzz. If you haven't heard the term inbound, then chances are you're probably living in a box. <laughs> um... I think that we should chat a little bit about it today to help those that may not be familiar understand it a little bit better, as well as discuss how inbound is different from traditional marketing. Uh, for the most part, anybody with a business has probably experienced some form of traditional
0: marketing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're looking, we're talking the the things that are, are common, uh, any business owner, their phone's ringing off the hook every day from reps from different traditional media sources like tv and radio <laughs> billboards things along those lines so let's chat a little bit about those and, and explore just so we'll cover it y- have everyone's favorite or maybe some people's unfavorite well, at least favorite that's uh tv and radio commercials
1: yeah tv and radio you know they are effective uh obviously I think that uh, a lot of business owners, um, you know, they may just not be able to afford that type of budget in order to run their ads.
0: Oh, no, yeah. I think one of the biggest pitfalls in TV and radio is uh, everyone's tried it. And I'm going to say it's bad. uh, When done effectively, it's definitely a way to get in front of lots of eyeballs. But when it's done, I think, like any other marketing, ineffectively, um, it doesn't work. In small budgets or uh, short runs doesn't build up enough frequency to to really be able to see a return right, yeah, and then we've got billboards
1: um you know billboards are are effective to get uh, a ton of eyeballs on your brand, but um you know it's one of those things where you're you're driving down the road at sixty seventy miles an hour, and um you know it might be difficult to to write down that phone number um and actually, you know, be able to remember that information that you saw.
0: Sure. Yeah. It, it's it's the impressions we're we're being uh, positioned in front of us while we're we're doing our our morning or afternoon commute or throughout our day. Right. Um, but again, another form of traditional marketing, which is interruption marketing, uh, messages that are coming across us throughout our day. mm Hmm. Uh, what about cold calling? The phone rings. <laughs> hey, I don't Mr. Know. I Johnson. Mean, <laughs> hey, Mr. Johnson.
1: This is uh, Officer Steve calling with the uh, the Highway Patrol. Uh, you know, do you want to make a donation to me today? I can't tell you. I mean, you've you've had to have that happen to you within sure. the last month at least twice, and you know, it's just one of those things where. Um, I, I feel like I already gave my donation to him a couple months ago when he pulled me over <laughs>
0: going
1: three miles over the speed limit.
0: Tough flaws there in your neck of the woods, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I know the guy in the uh, the white minivan is is probably breaking the law and, and deserves a ticket. However, it's uh, you know they are just... targeting
0: white minivans these days. <laughs> They've they foregone the uh, red Corvettes and now Come they're now. they're chasing down those minivans. You crazy! Anybody tell with folk.
1: anybody with three with three kids uh, is is going to require a minivan at some point in their life. You're you're going to get one. I promise. I, no. I have three kids and I do not have a minivan, so <laughs> I'm the exception to the rule. All right, so I'm the guy with the minivan. But <laughs> what it, what it boils down to is, you know, you get these calls and they break up your day, and you you had something planned that you were doing, and um, it's just not something that you're obviously interested in talking about in the middle of the day. And I
0: think cold calling's less something that's less less frequent these days than it was, I think 10 years ago. I think it's less practiced. Sure. Is what I'm trying to say, even though it does still exist. And I think there's still some effectiveness to very targeted positioning, positioned right. cold calling. But uh, again, it's still a form of traditional or, or what we're also going to reference outbound marketing. Right. Uh, that, that, uh, we're exploring here. Trade shows are another, uh, trade shows are, uh, another form of traditional marketing, set up a booth, people come through, you throw a foam football at them and <laughs> <laughs> they take it home put give it to their kids put them in the dog. Put them in the are, money right? booth. Right. Yeah. So, Trace shows again, i mean, we're and we're not saying that none of any of these me- mediums or methods are are wrong, they're just different. They're and just different. We we're, we're going to explain to you here a little bit about um, inbound marketing. Inbound marketing. So what's different about inbound marketing, Justin? So what's different about
1: inbound marketing is, you know, rather than uh, traditional marketing where we're trying to always push the message out, um, you are building consumer trust through creation of quality content, um, gaining permission to continue a conversation uh, in such a way as blogs, educational resources, newsletters, social media marketing, content marketing, each one of these uh, items serve as a way to
0: attract customers through uh, different stages of the purchase cycle we 're very involved in the marketing world, so we 're completely surrounded by these buzzwords and so sure. don 't feel like you're you're left out of even living in a box completely if you haven't heard. Inbound marketing, you may have not. And so but to to completely understand why it's different now, why Mm -hmm. is traditional marketing lost steam? Mm -hmm. And why is inbound marketing gaining and becoming such a popular
1: option? I I think it's really, really simple. Um, it's, It's just the ability to do your own research is so much easier than it now than it was in the past. I mean, you think about think about the Internet and mobile devices, iPads, just everybody is always connected to the Internet. So now when I want to do some research on something, I just pick up my phone, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm sitting on the couch, and I want to do a little bit of research on something, I've got my iPad right there. It's just too easy to find answers for what it is that you're interested in Getting a little bit of information on now,
0: sure. So we've we've evolved.
1: Yep, absolutely. And,
0: you know, you think about some of the other evolutions that have taken place that have uh, also hurt. You think about uh, DVRs and how that's hurt the television industry. Mm-hmm. You think about uh, the, the what you just explained there, your iPads, the readers, and how that's hurt the newspaper industry. You have Sirius XM radio, Pandora, Amazon Music. Those sure. are hurting the radio industry. So the evolution of new products and new ways that, again, the Internet's being introduced and technologies right. is also taking part in this. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just a lot easier these days. Um, you know, I'm going to give you an example of... Of something that recently happened with a purchase that I made. My, uh, my wife and I were were interested in getting a new freezer for the garage and, you know, I haven't had a freezer for the garage, so I didn't have any idea what I was looking for. I just knew that I wanted to have some additional space. So I jumped online and I plugged in, I don't remember what it was, um, affordable home freezer or something along those lines. Okay. Plug that information into the search bar. After that, I receive all these links to freezers. Pretty crazy, right? That's how the search engines work. That's how they're (laughs) supposed to work. It's magic. It's just nuts when when it actually works. So um, the one that I selected, it took me over to uh, the website for Home Depot. Um, They had a little 10, I think it was 10 to 15 questions, something along those lines, 10 to 15 questions survey on selecting the right freezer. So I figured, you know, what the heck, I'm going to go through this. I have no idea what I want yet, but I'm going to answer these questions and see what what shows up. So I answer all the questions, and um, it provides me with the best possible options for everything that I plugged in. Um, which was pretty cool because I had no idea what I wanted. Sure. Um, I didn't purchase the freezer that particular day, but at (laughs) least (laughs) it didn't do its job, right? It didn't, it didn't completely do its job. All right. Um, however, I did know what I wanted to purchase in the future when I was actually ready to do it. Okay. So it gets better. I jump on Facebook, and while I'm scanning through all my friends' kids' photos, this is pretty much all you do on Facebook, right? Yep. Um, I see an ad for the exact same freezer that I was looking at on Hope Depot.
0: Ah, some retargeting.
1: So they did some retargeting, and they did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, The ad for the freezer continued to show up in my display, in my news feed for a couple weeks. Uh, once I was ready to buy... I figured that, Hey, Home Depot, they've been in front of me for, you know, a couple, two, three weeks showing me these ads on something that I went to their website and, and gained some, some insight and some research on. And I pulled the trigger and I purchased my new freezer.
0: Okay. So they, they, <clears throat> you found them through search. They educated you. Yep. On what you needed and they yep. continue to stay in front of you. Exactly. Um,
1: it's uh, it's just entirely different purchase process than it used to be in the past. The best part about it, um, I bought my freezer online. I didn't even have to stop. I didn't even have to step foot in the store to do so. Um, it just it the entire process worked out perfectly. So I'm sure that you are all tired of hearing about my freezer. Long story short. All my food is nice and cold, and I am a happy customer of Home Depot.
0: With inbound marketing, you need to be mindful of the buyer's journey, which is kind of what Justin just explained with his freezer story that we just heard. Uh, when When you're planning out the content you want to have available to the buyers, you want to position it uh, to where it's available to those at different stages because we're, right. we don't all run across websites when we're beginning our research or we're at the very end, it's hard to tell where we are, right? So let's talk about the three stages of the buyer's journey real quick. You have awareness, the second stage is consideration, and the third stage decision. So let's talk about awareness. So awareness is, you know,
1: when the consumer is experiencing a problem um that's typically the stage when they are going to be doing research trying to identify you know as much information as possible on whatever it is that they're searching for
0: all right so in the case of your freezer you knew you wanted more space to store food that you needed a freezer but you really didn't know what you needed No, I didn't know what I needed. I mean,
1: I I know that we're talking about my freezer a lot. Um, You know, however, um, I had... um, All that I knew was that I wanted more space, but I didn't know... I didn't have a clue as to what it
0: was that I actually wanted to purchase. Sure, sure. And so after you conduct that that initial research, then you move on to the, the consideration stage, which is when... You, as the consumer, you've defined the problem. Yep. And so you've you've identified that. Now you're going to continue your research and really try to solve the problem at hand, really try to whittle down and find some vendors that might be able to fulfill handling the problem or opportunity that
1: you have. Exactly. You know, and... um I think that uh the survey that I conducted on on the Home Depot website helped me identify exactly, you know, what it was that I needed and presented me with some options for for moving forward. So that worked out extremely well.
0: Sure. So helped whittle down those
1: options. Helped whittle down the options until, you know, next the decision stage. When um, you know the consumer has decided on exactly what it is that they want to purchase and narrowed down uh, all the possibilities to
0: to make that final decision and, and actually make the purchase. Sure. So you were being followed around on Facebook by Home Depot with their retargeting campaign.
1: Yeah, you know you're always looking over your shoulder um, every time that I pick up Facebook and I've got this. Freezer looking at me saying, buy, buy, buy <laughs> me, buy go. me, buy me. Sure. Very good marketing, Home Depot. Um, are they paying us for this, by the way? Right. Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, if you want to buy a freezer, uh Home Depot, hop on there. Um, they, uh, they're going to walk you through the
0: process, and you're going to buy it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Home Depot, if you want to send us some cheese for this, feel free. Exactly. All right, Justin. So we've talked about traditional or outbound marketing and maybe why there's some challenges there and it's not as effective. Sure. We've explored inbound marketing on what that mm-hmm. is. And we've touched on the buyer's journey, the three stages of the buyer's journey, and why it's important to have right. content in different different ways and shapes and forms to mm-hmm. attract. So how do I apply inbound marketing to my business. Let's say I'm one of our listeners in their center. Okay. This sounds all great and fancy or fine right. and dandy. How do I apply yeah. it? You know, who doesn't want to
1: attract more visitors, convert more visitors into leads, close those leads into customers and turn those customers into people that want to promote their business. Right. Sure. Any business owner should absolutely want to do that. So I think that, um, you know, what I would do is go through initially, you know, look back at the attract stage. Okay, this is when um, we want to start getting more people, more eyeballs to what it is that we're trying to promote, right? So website traffic, right? Just website traffic. We can do that through through blog through blogging, through you know, ebooks, white papers, you know, the survey, the quiz, um, social media, um, having proper keywords in place for your SEO just going back to the freezer thing. I know it's crazy, but I typed in, you know, a specific term and it provided me with a list of results. So it did exactly what its job was supposed to do.
0: Sure. It brought you as a visitor to the website. Yep. The next step of the process is convert. And this is where big we problem can, for people. Yeah, big problem for people. This is where we convert those visitors, that website traffic into leads. And yep. the big problem Justin's talking about is, Something we covered in our website traffic evaporation podcast, mm-hmm. where majority of website traffic they're they're not ready to buy, and most websites don't have clear direction nor a means of capturing the information from those that aren't quite there. I't have that survey right right they don't have that survey they
1: don't have forms set up in order to gather the information. They don't have clear calls to action on, you know, any of the research materials or anything that they have. Basically, a lot of these websites, they have, you know, it's either the purchase now um, or a contact, uh, a way to contact them. And that's it. They don't have landing pages set up. There's just
0: a lot of items that are not being checked off the list. Right. Exactly. And so we convert that customer into a lead. And now that we have them a lead, it comes time to close. Close them. We actually have to make a sale? We have to make a sale. (laughs) So with that, um, using the magic of email is a powerful thing. In your case, it was retargeting. Uh, The email I speak of is is lead nurturing, marketing automation workflows, uh, Mm -hmm. email newsletters. You've captured information from them in some way, shape, or form via through a survey or a download of an ebook, right and use whatever data you can collect on them to right. position the them sale. in the, the buyer's journey and figure out what's the best content to serve up to them. Right? Right. Absolutely. All right. Now that works like magic in
1: a process like time.
0: that is <laughs> leads to, leads to much higher close rate. I think it's like 24% or something like that as far as the stat goes. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty good number. I would like to stay at that. Absolutely. And so now that they're customers, they always say it's much easier to keep a customer happy than it is to find a new customer. Now, obviously, we need to have business development, but let's keep those current customers happy. And so we do so by delighting them, right? We are going to delight our customers. You know, once they
1: become a customer... Um, We want to nurture them along the way. We want them to promote our products. And it's just a heck of a lot easier to sell something to somebody that has already purchased something from you than to try to find new buyers. Sure.
0: You got referral programs as well, different ways that you can make them cheerleaders for your business, right?
1: sure absolutely make them you know put put that out in front of them and you know show them similar products to what they've purchased in the past there's just there's so many ways to get information out in front of those folks and uh delight them delight them absolutely all right ken so how do i tell if inbound marketing
0: is right for my company it's a good question uh inbound marketing does fit Better for certain types of businesses than others. Now, there's a lot of things we talked about here that I think all businesses could benefit from. I think that any mm-hmm. business can benefit from creating great content. Yeah, absolutely. Downloadable guides, ebooks, educating their consumers works sure. works really well. Where I, where I think inbound marketing works best is for businesses with with higher ticket items. Uh, Let's say it's a a landscaping company that's doing $30,000 landscaping projects. Sure. Uh, That that would work out. Now, if it was a lawn mowing company that only did lawn care service, it might not be. That could be be the same company, right? Right. I completely agree. So I I think that the inbound would work. They would would be able to see and realize the inbound process better with the landscaping side, however – yeah, what about uh, purchase cycles? Is it better for a longer purchase cycle or somebody that you know might have a smaller? Well, since we're dealing with higher ticket items, we're probably going to be dealing with longer purchase cycles as well, which right. works great with this because you are trying to identify where they're at in the buyer's journey. journey. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about uh, buying a new brick patio for your backyard, you're going to think about that a little bit longer than a cheeseburger that you're going to order yeah. for lunch, right? Correct. And so, but I think that the, the best place to start would be uh, reaching out and contact and uh, someone that understands inbound. There's lots of inbound agencies out there and you can call on them. And most of them, they'll, they'll work with you on doing a, an inbound analysis. Some of them will even do it for free. Right. Where they'll look at what you have going on with your marketing and uh, to to let you know how good of a fit your business is per your goals and challenges for inbound marketing.
1: We've got uh, an inbound checklist that is available for download too that kind of walks you through the process, right?
0: Yeah, it'll cover some of the main key points that you uh, might want to look at, and it's probably a great uh, overview piece that you can touch on to see how – fitting inbound is for your business. Uh, If you're looking for that, that can be found in the show notes for this podcast at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you for the overview on um, getting inbound for my business, Mr. Franzen. No problem. (laughs) I think that uh, that's going to kind of sum everything up for today. Um, We are out of here. Hopefully you all have a good understanding of the differences between inbound marketing versus outbound marketing. Until next time, this is Justin and Ken with Neon Noise. Make it a great day and uh, go sell something.